When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M athletics. Well, guys, it's pseudo spring break, I guess, here in Aggieland. I've been gone for a little while. I've been out of town for a couple of days. What, what have you guys been doing? How's everybody? I was doing out your of town. work? I was out of town last night. <laughs> doing my work. Yeah. I know you were. I took a little trip to Houston. I figured pick up an 11th win in a row and then come on back. See? It's like <laughs> it, it just drops dubs, It's like man. it's a drive-through. We just <laughs> drive through and grab dubs. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey any, anybody else spend the night talking with John Cheshick? Oh, I, I spend the night listening to John Cheshick. <laughs> You're a lucky guy, man. How is John? Great. He's good, doing great. Yeah, as good an ag as they get. John he's already Chester. taking shots at Dr. Thornton. It's great. Well, that's what. <laughs> it's like, you know, that, that's but when you know he the fits true right friends. In. That's then he right. fits right in. As long as he acknowledges he's the yeah. basketball goat, he can take the shot. I learned <laughs> the Coach Johnson recruiting John Sheshik story. Fascinating. Oh, that, uh, that, has, that went through mom, didn't it? Mom and the dad and Coach Johnson – on the same baseball team, uh, and yeah. Samuel Sheshik 
right? They were uh-huh. the moms. They were talking about Johnson. Uh, do, do you know my my husband? Stuff like that. And it, <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. I'm well, glad he got him because John's an Aggie Hall of Famer around yeah. here. So uh, you guys had the broadcast Texas A&M Houston last night down there in H Town, and the Aggies get an 11th win in a row. Uh, softball, they beat HBU. How many wins in a row there? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> 18 and 3 for softball now. <laughs> They've only won eight in a row. It's very disappointing. So, yeah. It's uh, very disappointing. Uh, I mean, on the diamond, everybody's going streaking <laughs> in the right way. In the right way. <laughs> so, And now it is conference play for both. Uh, also, uh, let me just throw this. It's Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco, and Matt Simon with you. Wednesday edition of Studio 12. Uh, baseball, softball. SEC play, it begins this weekend. First, softball's got to stop off in Lake Charles. Yes. Uh, not casinos, uh, McNeese State. Yes. They've got a game. They're not going to stop no. off and play. I don't believe so, but you never know. Jack, but Depends on when they left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. And, and how, That's how, not happening. how much per diem they have left. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've got to stop off. But this is one of those weird uh, weekends because softball and baseball they are playing conference action the very same weekend but baseball's last pitch in their series might be thrown before the first pitch of the softball yeah. series <laughs> the way these things work out because baseball it all starts starts tomorrow against florida thursday friday saturday and then softball picks up against lsu Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yeah. all for television purposes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That'll be a lot of fun. Good diamond weekend. It, it, is it a night game in Baton Rouge? They're all night games. Yeah, yeah. And, and Joe said after the game yesterday, she's you know she's happy with the way they're playing now, but she's excited. You know, I mean, she basically said she's like you know we're we're playing games, we're winning games, we're supposed to win, and now we're going to go play. Not talking about McNeese per se, but she's like we're going to play games that now we're not supposed to win. And I kind of like that. She goes, I'm really looking forward to seeing where our team's at. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And same deal with baseball. I mean, well, they take I, care I of business. Well, I asked Rob, I said, what changes Thursday? He said, in all honesty, for my team, I hope nothing changes. It's still pitch to pitch. Well, I don't think either team needs to – I mean, yeah, it's SEC play. Yeah. I know the competition ramps right. up. But trust who you are. Right. That's And that was I his mean, point. They, he said, yes, the pitching's going to get tougher. The lineup, right. there are no holes. But he said, but we have to do the same things. We can't walk people. <laughs> yeah, pitchers, I mean, we've got to play clean. We can't give 28, 29 outs to a team. He said, I like the mindset is just keep doing what you're doing at the plate. Keep doing what you're doing in the field. Keep doing what you're doing on the mound. Yeah, because I think you look at the both the baseball and softball rosters, the talent's there to compete and win in the SEC. Yeah. They can do it. Yeah. I mean, what what some of the guys on the baseball team are doing right now, the pitching during this 11-game win streak. They allowed, what, eight hits to uh, Houston last night? Mm-hmm. That seems like an astronomical high compared yeah. to – and that's just eight hits. Yeah, yeah but, but, <laughs> but Chesh said, like, he never felt like there was any momentum that Houston had. Like, it, they weren't loud hits. There were a couple of mm-hmm. hard hit balls, but not a ton. And it was never like, – he never – he said, I never felt like this game was in doubt for Texas A&M, which I thought was interesting from a former player to say that, you know, the feel – but every time, you know, Houston gets the first run, bases loaded, nobody out, and they get a double play. That's how Houston gets their run. And I thought it was more important that Nathan Detmer get the third out, not allow Houston that second out. Then you go right to the top half of the second, Aggies load the bases, nobody out, Kali Harrison, grand slam. Yeah. That's the, that's the difference in the game right there, that Houston gets one run, but the Aggies come out down one nothing, thinking, oh, we're okay. 
we're, we're okay. And then, and then the two-run shot by Austin Bose. Because I joke with Shesh, I said, you know what? You make a mistake to these Houston hitters in this ballpark, a lot of trouble. I said, but let's turn it around. If the Houston pitchers make a mistake, there's an Aggie team that can really make them pay. And that's what, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. He, and didn't, uh, he didn't hit the McDonald's, did he, out there in left field? I, he parked near it. Yeah. I do know that. We've seen some balls uh, almost land in that parking lot. Uh, I, both could have. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing about Austin's shot was you knew it was deep enough. And we're just leaning in the booth going, just stay fair. Just stay fair. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a no-doubter about that. But another thing is you get Kalai Harrison with a grand slam. Yeah. The biggest swing of the night, no doubt, when you get one of those. But for a guy that didn't get to see the game, didn't get to listen to you guys, traveling home, Really all, only got to check a box score mm-hmm. when I got back in town. What I noticed, just on paper, is you're up 6-1. to one. Houston's at home. They get a three-run inning. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little momentum at 6-4. to right. four. What kind of answer do you have? Yep. Well, you come back and you extend the lead to 8-4. Logan Britt <laughs> had a lot to do with that and the way he's swinging the bat right now. My goodness. Didn't pull a single ball on the two hits. Right mm-hmm. field shot down the line. That was the triple. Gapper. In right center. And, again, I've said this about Logan. You can get him out the first couple of times, and early in the season, if you did that, he was going to have an 0 for night. Yeah. Not now because at bat number three was the triple. At bat number four was was the ringing double. He, You saw the speed. He's, He's taking extra bases on the wild pitch. He scores on a wild pitch. He throws one guy out earlier in the game. And had a chance to throw a second guy out. It was just just that all around game, you know, for him. But you make a great point. Houston got one. Aggies respond with four. More importantly, shut down inning by Detmer in the bottom of the second. Mm. So it's four one. You get up six one. Shut down inning. It's six four. They come right. The, the get back runs is is yeah. what they got on offense, and well, that was like you good always response. say. Do you have an answer? Yes. Well, you had an answer for going down 0-1, and it's a pretty loud answer, a grand mm-hmm. slam by Kalai. Yeah. And when they tried to get back into it at home, get within two runs, you had an answer, and Logan Britt yeah. provided a lot of that. And that's where the yeah. walks come in, Will, because sometimes yeah. you get so, oh, we got to get this run back. There was that patience mm-hmm. at the plate and really made Houston pay for, I call those the mistakes of those walks. They, they turned into runs. And that's the thing, A&M, it's not like they have to go out and knock the cover off the ball. They're patient at the plate. They do draw walks, lead the nation in walks. They're top five in the nation in runs scored. Mm-hmm. They're managing to score runs. Really all that matters. You know, you can talk about 500-foot home runs or a guy going three for four. I mean, are you are you getting guys across the plate? That's all that matters, and A&M is doing that right now. You yeah. can't question it. Uh, on the mound, it looked awesome on paper, and what he's been doing lately is great, but tell me how it looked in person, Mason Ornalis now. If I told you he had a rhythm and was just mowing people, you, uh, he, ready? Yeah. I'm go- and I, and I, told, I told Shesh, I'm stealing this line. He's a right-hander who pitches like a left-hander. Mm-hmm. Nothing blows you away, right? Not, this isn't a shot at Mason, except he's around the plate the entire time. Changing speeds, eye level. He said he pitches like a left-hander. And I thought that was fascinating. And, and then we got in the discussion of what Rob does. Anybody can throw, but can you pitch? Big difference. Ornalis just pitched and set down all nine that he faced. Yeah, he got the strikeouts, but just the Was changing five speeds. Of them? I think yeah, he hit five. Yeah, hit five. The balls in play were easily fielded. You know, the defense was there, but it's it's just that rhythm that he gets. And what I found slightly fascinating is here are the Houston pitchers, and they've got the wristband for whatever number sequence is being called. They actually could not get on the same page, and a ball was called on one of their pitchers. He kept stepping off. 
on the back of the map. For the time right. duration. So yeah. that happened a ton of times that they have to look in taking the time where we were talking about Rob gets the signal to Taylor Smith last night, right to the pitcher. That You have that communication to the pitcher, knows what he wants to pitch. But Mason just gets on that. Like, he just wants the ball. He's waiting for that hitter to get in, and he's just with that pace. He's become so reliable out of the pen. He was outstanding, and then Alex Majors in the ninth to shut it down. Now, Chris Weber wobbled a little bit. That's yeah. a little concerning. Noticed that, yeah. Yeah. I think it's what three runs and two innings, yeah. all earned. So Detmer yeah. went the first. It was Rob's opportunity to get both his midweek starters in to that same game. But that being said, it's an artificial turf field with that artificial turf mound. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a huge <laughs> I know fan what of you're those. Saying, yeah, I, you need some dirt on a field, you don't gotta, you? <laughs> if, if a guy shows up to a game and has no prospects of getting his uniform dirty, Ty Coleman wasn't dirty. He got yeah. hit. Twice, right? He reached on an error, Ties diving up. back, and yeah. he wasn't. He and wasn't he was dirty. clean on the, on the way home. He's <laughs> probably upset about that. it. Probably, probably pretty angry about it. <laughs> so it's A and M uh, and Florida now tomorrow to start SEC play. We are beginning this Studio Twelve with some Diamond Talk, uh, baseball, then softball coming up next. Later on, we will discuss women's basketball because they have their NCAA tournament assignment now. Uh, Call it a snub, say they got robbed, they are a two seed. But you know what? The ball's going to go in the air here pretty soon, and your seed's not going to matter a whole lot. But we'll talk women's basketball in just a bit. Uh, Close it out with baseball here in this first segment. We'll switch it over to softball next segment. But real quick, uh, it's Florida now. And A&M's a hot team going into this conference opening series. Florida – They've taken some losses. They've taken some lumps. And now they were the prohibitive number one team in the nation preseason. Baseball uses a lot of polls. We know that. But if there was a poll, the Gators were number one in it to start the season. So I think you look at them now in the records 13-5, and and you say, well, well, they're not really what you thought they may be. They're they're not cashing in. They're they're not. They're overrated from the preseason. I wouldn't look at it that way. I would – probably say they have played by far the toughest schedule of mm. anybody in the SEC right now. I mean, your Miamis are on there. Your Florida States are on there. And any it's like te- the state of Texas. Any midweek game you play uh, in this state, which is the same in the state of Florida, it's not going to be easy. They, they have good programs down there. So the Gators have played an extremely tough schedule. I would not read into the fact that they were the preseason number one and – now, oh my goodness, they're thirteen and five. They're really not that good. That, that's not the case. This is an excellent Florida team. Tons of talent. They'll throw arms at the Aggies, mm-hmm. but the Aggies are going to throw arms yes. right back at them. It feels like a pitching weekend. And I'm not just talking about Thursday night game one. Everybody says, yeah, those are all three to two, four to three, two to one. But it feels like a pitching weekend throughout. I, I think both teams have arms that they're going to throw at each other. So the chances that you get. Runners in scoring position, runners on base. Can you move runners over? Windows may not be real big this weekend. Timely hitting just feels like it's going to matter. Yeah, and I think it's the it's the uh, the depth of each pitching staff as well changes. Right, we saw over the weekend Samford not deep no. when it comes to no. to the pitching, where like Rob always says, you may knock out the starter, and the next guy coming in is going to give you a lot of problems. <laughs> it's where other teams who don't have that depth, once you knock the starter out, 
you can really do damage. I actually thought the, the second game, Sanford, was closer to what we're going to see because we saw Isbell at the end, who was their closer. And he was. Not bad. That wasn't like a bad Seemed like the best staff. one they had all weekend. I, I, Strickland to start was okay. Strickland was, was yeah, yeah. He was good. And, and Lester, uh, Hester was, was decent. On the second I'm surprised game, he left after four innings. So I don't like, know if it was well, something in the arm. He had, but, uh, I think he had gone what two, three, and four. I think in his previous three starts, and I think he's still coming back from the okay. Tommy John from yeah, last February. So. But, but that was I think a little bit closer. Like uh, I think they had higher hopes for the for the middle guy, but then they brought in Isbell. I think that's what's going to be a lot closer to this weekend for both staffs. You may let's say you you knock out Bryce Miller. Well, you know what? Now you're going to have to contend with Joe's walk. Who yeah. it's to me it's or just Mason or, Nellis, or a Mason or uh, yeah absolutely Menifee or an Alex Majors all pitching well yeah. right now they, they, then that's why it baffled us to start the year I mean nobody gave A and M any credit why well Ace Lacy's not there anymore I mean, yeah <laughs> you think they're not gonna throw come on right they they will throw and they are throwing and, 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 the, and here we are through the winning streak Collegiate Baseball has them at twenty five and and that to me is fair I mean it's okay show me and I think you know I think the other part is it's hard to play with that number one ranking next year. Uh, along the lines of coming after you. Now, in Florida baseball, they're always going to have teams, you know, wanting to prove the, the Jacksonvilles or the yeah. North Florida, stuff uh-huh. like that. But with that kind of schedule, how how you see what they did in the non-conference, how do we adjust to being the favorite like that? But, look, it's, it's still going to be Dustin Signs and Tommy Mace on Thursday. It's going to be two yeah. fantastic pitch. And we didn't think it'd be Dustin, right? We, no, we, we expected Bryce Miller yeah. Yeah. for that. So Bryce will still be the Friday night starter. There's just a Thursday. And, Dustin's been outstanding so far. Yes, sir. Texas A&M baseball takes an 11-game win streak into conference play. It starts tomorrow night in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. Will, Matt, Andrew with you on this Wednesday edition. We'll switch it over to the other diamond, talk softball as they start conference play coming up this weekend as well. Back in a bit on The Zone. Welcome back. Will, Matt, Andrew with you. Wednesday edition of Studio 12 and... For all you homeowners out there and potential homeowners, listen up. You're going to want to give Matt Winslow, Aggie class of 01, a call. You can reach him at 936-443-3064. Again, that number for Matt Winslow is 936-443-3064. He's got over a decade of experience in the mortgage industry. He can help you with a purchase of a new home or a refinance, or maybe you want to take some cash out. Matt Winslow is there for you, Aggie class of 01. And we keep reiterating this. You need to know it out there. Some out there may have heard, oh, interest rates, they pop back up. They had hit historic lows. Well, now they're rising again. The rise in interest rates, it's about half a percent. Mm -hmm. A month ago, they were at historic lows. They're basically still there. I mean, just a shade, a slight tick up. You are still getting a great interest rate if you call Matt Winslow now. And you might want to look into it at 936-443-3064. You compare the numbers that you have now to what the numbers can be. Matt will help you with that. And if you are a first-time home buyer, as you mentioned, what a great rate to get in on. And let Matt work those numbers for you and answer any question that you have about your mortgage for that First home, which is so special to buy. Yeah. It's like a, like Aggie defense. You know, if they went out there and allowed 10 total yards, that's historic lows. That's phenomenal. And then the next game, they allowed 11. Yeah. 
They allowed 20. They doubled. Yeah, it's like, what? wow, they allowed 11. What's wrong? Yeah. They just allowed 11. It's exactly right. you? you still want to get That's in exactly. on that. Yeah, because yes, it's you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so give Matt Winslow a call. He's Aggie Class of 01, 936-443-3064. So Texas A&M baseball, they're heading on the road to take on Florida this weekend, Thursday through Saturday. It starts SEC play. Same thing with Aggie softball now 18 and 3 on the year after beating Houston Baptist uh, and now they've got another it's very interesting the way their schedule works cuz you get the Tuesday game now you're going on the road you're going to play one out of town on Thursday on the way to Baton Rouge to start conference play for Joe Evans and her team Matt you go Lake Charles to go against McNeese State tomorrow night and then the LSU series in Baton Rouge that begins SEC play, it gets underway on Saturday night. Yeah, and uh, this McNeese game, you cannot just overlook it and say, oh, yeah, Southland team, automatic. This is a team. This is a program. They're struggling a little bit right now, but this is a program that has consistently been a tough team to uh, to beat a tough team to knock out of NCAA tournaments. They are kind of regulars. They'll make appearances a fair amount in conference play out of the Southland. They, you know, I think it was last year. If it wasn't last year, it was two years ago. They came in here and beat us one to nothing. Uh, Yesterday, they had, which was a random game, they had Texas come to Lake Charles yesterday, number 11 team in the country, and the uh, Longhorns had to score four runs in the seventh inning to beat them. Mm -hmm. So definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, for the Aggies on Thursday. And I think there's also that psychological challenge of we're going to play in the SEC. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we've got to play this game first. Yeah. Can you make sure you're mm-hmm. mentally switched on uh, for it? But, you know, what's funny about yesterday's game against HBU is um, the Aggies only got five hits in the game. They won six to nothing. They drew, I think, eight walks and three hit batters. Um, and I was talking with Craig Snyder, the hitting coach, after the game, and he says – he goes, I don't think I've ever been around a game where uh, we had five hits and we had 21 QPAs, which is quality plate appearances. So as the coaches chart the plate appearances, mm-hmm. he said that, you know, we only had five hits, but we had 21 quality plate appearances, including the walks, including the hit by pitches. Uh, yeah, the team walked you, but you had to show the patience up there to draw the walks. Like, okay, if that's what you're going to give us, okay. Here we go. And so, um, again, they're finding different ways to win the game. I don't know, honestly, how good this team is. I think they are playing well right now. Competition level is going to spike right. insanely right. high this weekend. But, you know, the Aggies, uh, you know, they played Tennessee. LSU went to Knoxville and took two of three from Tennessee last weekend. The Aggies played Tennessee hard, down to the wire, a – curved foul ball uh, away from from a walk-off in that one. So (laughs) you've got the opportunity to go over there and make a statement uh, and and really set the tone and and find out where your team is. At the end of the day, it's just one series. Whether you sweep, whether you get swept, whether you split, whether you win it, lose it, whatever, Mm -hmm. it's one series. But you will know so much more about your team when you're getting back on that bus Monday night and heading back. But I like like the opportunity the Aggies have here – on uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, A&M's got, if you look at the top 25, we went over this last night, Alabama, number two in the country, on the road. Next SEC team in the poll. Florida, number five in the country. Aggies have them on the road. Next SEC opponent in the, in the poll, Kentucky, number 10. A&M has them here. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next team in the poll from the SEC is LSU, who, of course, the Aggies have on the road. So three of A&M's uh, four road series are against the three of the four best teams in the league um, this year. So is what it is. Hey, let's go play. And um, they've got some pieces this year. They're in a much better position to make some serious noise. And you know, I- I'm going to be excited to watch these games to to see them elevate. They're elevating the competition they're playing against mm-hmm. pretty much – through not knowing no fault of their own they haven't played a strong as strong a schedule this year as they normally do because most years they're going to a couple of tournaments this year those were canceled so whatever let's go play and so i know they're fired up i know they're excited to go i think that happens with all i think that's happening with all the conference teams like I, i or it's you're affected by the region because what your master plan was for march late february beginning of march of 2021 those tournaments were not going to happen, so you scram- I, you scramble and put together you know a schedule, do as best you can. But I'm not sure everybody had what they exactly wanted. So the test, I think, all the conference schools have that same test. A little bit of the unknown: Are we really this good? Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Are and to your point, what are we going to learn about ourselves? I think that becomes the more important thing. And I like what you said about this team learning to win in different ways because you could have three different games at LSU this weekend, right? Three different styles. Okay, let's slug one out. Let's have a pitch fest. Let's play small ball. You can get that in the course of a series, so it's nice to have different ways, learning how to win different ways. And I think more than the win streaks that both teams are on, softball and baseball, that they take into conference play, it's not so much the win streaks that you're watching individuals kind of round into form. Uh, Guys that I mentioned for baseball, I mean, Logan Britt, he's such an athlete. I mean, he's – just has a physical frame out there that you can work with and you're seeing him round into form and that's going to be big for conference play Mason Ornelas because he had the tendonitis there for a while he he looks like he's going to be a key guy and in conference play mentioned this to Matt a few weeks ago about softball it looked like right off the bat in the season you had Haley Lee uh, knocking it all around the yard over the yard and out of it. That's, <laughs> where, that's where she was hitting it. And then Shaley Ackerman had the high average. And early in the year, you were looking for some bats to come along with them. I think softball seems to have found that. Uh, some pretty good at bat, like Matt mentioned, with the QPAs. They're getting some hitters to round into form to follow Lee and Ackerman, and it creates an entire lineup. You know, And, and pitching has, has been pretty good lately. So – it's not so much that you look up and say, oh, they've won eight in a row for softball. They've won 11 in a row for baseball. Like you said, the probably games they were supposed to win. Mm-hmm. But it's more to see high-level play from people you knew could play at a high level. And they're hitting their stride. Those individuals are hitting their stride at the right time, heading into conference action. And that's only going to benefit both A&M teams as a whole, these type of players doing what we knew they could do when they got into an A&M uniform. Yeah, and, you know, on the softball side, too, you're seeing some freshmen get some opportunities, Mm -hmm. and they're stepping up. And, you know, they're excited about this class. They were excited about this class coming in. Now we're seeing it on the field, and they're going to now elevate the competition they're playing against. So let's see how all of that works out. But, again, first things first, you you can't overlook this Thursday night game against uh, McNeese as that's going to be a challenge for A&M. And Joe referenced this last night. It's the first true road trip for this team. You know they went yeah, to Huntsville. Yeah. Uh, they went to Huntsville uh, a couple weeks ago, but that's a forty-five minute yeah, bus ride. Just a day trip. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a road trip. They're going to leave on Thursday and then head down there and play that night. 
uh, and then they're they're with each other in, in whatever socially distanced way they need to do it for three or four days. It's a good point because same with baseball. The trips have been over to Round Rock and then you guys to Houston last mm-hmm. night, and now it's get on a plane time. And, you know, you're heading east, way east. Yeah. You know, the A&M's about as – well, A&M is as far west as you can go in the SEC. Florida almost as far east. On the longitude latitude, what's further east, South Carolina, Columbia, or Gainesville? The f- I'm the f- guessing it's Columbia. The flight. Why does the flight to Columbia seem longer? That one seems very long. I know it's very not much longer. Will's it's gone geography longer. on I think us. because you cut across the Gulf, isn't it? makes Gainesville I, a little bit easier. I, maybe so. I just, the flight to Columbia, South Carolina has always felt very long to me. And it's always a night game. And it's really not that much further than Athens, Gainesville, or Knoxville, no. which we've all been to. I, for some reason, it feels long. But it just feels like a long time. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. You on that longitude latitude, man? Yeah, let me check it out for you. G- man. G- give me time. <laughs> well, e- e- for you to pull a geographically accurate statement is what I'm more impressed by here. So let's see here. <laughs> Will, it was easier in the Big 12 when it was just it was very simple. But well, now, I figured you had the SEC flight times down pretty well. <laughs> yeah, Columbia, uh, if you go directly south from Columbia, South Carolina, you're in the Atlantic Ocean east okay. of Jacksonville. So okay. I will go okay. with yes. It yeah. is a further. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's slightly east of, I like to keep it in, Amelia Island. Right there, which is just north of Jacksonville. Great. There you go, talking about golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> What, are we going back to the Gator Bowl now? No. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be good enough in 2021. I'm with you now. <laughs> I'm with you. Will has set higher standards. Disappointed in High that. expectations. <laughs> Maybe at the end of the show, we'll talk about what we look forward to. Spring ball's coming up this month. At the end of the month. Rapidly. Yeah. Spring ball is. Fourth quarter drills. What, 12 have... days away? Yeah. 12th, man. Spring ball starts yep. in 12 days. April 24th, Maroon and White game. You know who we open with. I'll remind you later in the yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't have to look that one up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I'll get your daily reminder to you here any second. But the Aggie baseball team on the road. It's tomorrow against Florida. It begins SEC play. Softball on the road. Saturday they begin conference play at LSU. But uh, they've got a stop off, and it's really more than a stop off. It's against a pretty good program in Lake Charles tomorrow night. Softball will take on McNeese State. And they are both – Coming off wins last night, they both carry win streaks into Southeastern Conference play, that all-important time of the year on the diamond. We are back with more in just a bit. We'll talk a little women's basketball as they get ready for the NCAA tournament as a two-seed. And then we say that with a little grumble in our voice, but we'll talk about it on the other side of the break, right here on The Zone. So Matt's got to go do some work. Yeah. The tech-savvy guy. Yeah. And uh, okay. we'll just go ahead and finish this thing out here. I don't know how without him. I know. don't know how we're going to. I know. I'm shaking just, a little bit. It's in case he's still listening. I want to make it sound like. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he's not in the gonna, car. Not going to be as good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For as long as Matt's in the car, heading word to his next uh, appointment. Yeah. We miss you, Matt. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Good thing it's radio. Can't see me crossing my fingers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, talked a little baseball, talked a little softball. They both start Southeastern Conference play this weekend. And Monday, the women's NCAA tournament starts. And the Aggies and Gary Blair, they've got a round one appointment with Troy. That is in Austin at 5 o'clock Monday. Uh, you can see it on ESPN2. Uh, the winner 
of this matchup between A&M and Troy gets either Michigan State or Iowa State in round two on Wednesday. That's of next week. So that's the early round appointments for Texas A&M women's basketball. Uh, I'd said it ever since they were done play, done with play in the SEC tournament, that they were waiting on a one seat. Yeah. We truly believe that's what they deserved and earned. They didn't get it. To be honest, that's disappointment. It's sort of baffling to me why you would not give this team a one seed. You do give it to South Carolina, who they beat and have a better record than. They okay. valued the tournament more. Which, yeah. I why don't do you value tournaments I, over regular season? I'm with you on that. I'm absolutely is, with you on that. That's baffling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree on that. And I I just – you you're putting all your cards on – three straight games or four straight games which you never do all season yeah it's like you you've ignored the road wins against ranked teams the not that south carolina doesn't have those but that that's what it tells me but i also want fans to realize always look at a region before you look at a number that's true you have to see true what is your course to getting to the final four in gary blair's over there he probably doesn't care at this point about a two seed. He cares about matchups. Yeah. How does he match up? Yeah. I mean, he's a two seed. If Troy is a bad matchup for the oh. way he wants to run his team, he doesn't care they're a 15. I agree with that. He's concerned. I agree now, with that. Now, he could down the road, maybe in the Sweet 16, face a three seed. And he may say, good matchup. Right. The way we play yes. will, will right. suit our style right. well against them. And he'll feel confident about that. But there's coaches out there right now, whether they're one, two, three, or four seed against the very low seed, that have real concern right now. Because somewhere out there, there's a bad matchup for one of these high and, seeds. And you're basically playing on a neutral site. Yeah. You don't have the home court mm-hmm. advantage in the first two rounds. No doubt. So that's that's going – you're going to see, I'm going to say a surprise, because it's it's neutral site. And you've, you've taken some of that advantage away from a – from a higher seed, I, I just, I, I am with you though. I, I did scratch my head. Like, like to me, the A and M win over South Carolina last game of the regular season was all, by the committee was a one off. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, that. I don't know if they didn't expect that to happen. I, I don't know. And that that was a little bit to me. That was a little bit disappointing. But Troy, Michigan winner of Michigan State, Iowa State. On their side, though, is the number one seed is in that in that bracket is NC State. Your three seed is Arizona, which is a good team. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, and it, look, he's not looking past Troy. I know that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> being the being the coaches they are. But you make a really good point about styles and what is different as well this time of year than any other time of year, except early season tournaments. And they don't have the same uh, magnitude. You have all this time to prepare for Troy and then one day to prepare for whomever's next. It's the teams that are best at that. Can, and you could play two teams with two very different styles. What do you, I've always said like this. like, Do you want to play Jim Beheim's 3-2 defense on a Saturday or a Thursday? I want my shot against Syracuse and that defense. I want all week to prepare. Right. I think it's hard after, yeah. you know, something mm-hmm. something like that. 
But I think that this, I think we were talking about the diamond sports and how they can win different ways. I think A&M can do that too. I really do. Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to get in a lockdown defense. Okay. We'll out defend you. You want to get high scoring. Okay. We'll run with you. You, I just, I think they, they, they can do that. And I think the depth of this team is really going to play well mm-hmm. for this tournament. I really do. Yeah. And it sounds cliche as cause a lot of people are saying it and we'll say it too. Cause it's so true. The ball is going to go in the air. Five o'clock on Monday against Troy. Who cares what seed you are at that point? You're exactly right. It won't matter for the rest of the tournament. You're exactly right. It's not going to have anything to do with anything. So either you're going to play well and you're going to advance or you're not and you're going home. You make a good point. We care about the seeds from the selection evening to when the tip-off. And then when it tips, nobody cares. I mean, there's teams, oh, we got a three seed. Great. Well, how many 14s have beaten a three? 13s beat fours. 12s beat fives all the time. Right. And now we know from a few years back, the ones aren't even immune. Right. After what Maryland Baltimore County did what they yep. did. But I mean, yep. you know, I mean, so, but how, it is a good point, though, with the women's tournament, men's tournament starts here, I think tomorrow are the first four mm-hmm. games. How do, you pre- how do you fill out a bracket this year? I don't know. Is this the hardest year? I ever? think it now, is. Now, this is from a guy. Every time I've filled out a bracket, I've pretty much ripped it up by the end of the first weekend. I've never filled out a good bracket since maybe I was in high school. But how do you do it this year? I think it's hard. I mean, you, I think it's really hard. It's just it's, like I like the way Alabama plays out of the SEC. Like I like that style, and I think it is conducive. I'm I I'm a believer in Gonzaga. I've always liked Gonzaga. I like the way they play. I like that they, again, they've got to take everybody's best shot. They were down and found ways to come back. I think they're a little more complete. But, again, I don't know if we have complete reads because not everybody played the 32 games, a lot shorter seasons. But I I don't know if, again, same thing. I don't – I got a different feeling in the men. I'm not sure the lower seeds are going to do better than the higher seeds. I, although I'm not convinced about the higher seeds, you, you have to you have to seed them. I think there's a a little bigger gap. This uh, for some reason I feel there's a bigger gap between some of the lower seeds and the higher seeds this year. And the other thing is, it's called March Madness for a reason. Those low seeds they always pull off those first and second round upsets. Yeah. Well, this is a different year. Yeah. This year things change. It's it's weird. It's odd. Yeah. Well, maybe if it's weird and odd during March Madness, that means chalk's going to hold the the whole Which, way. Right. That's right. that's what isn't the norm. Is chalk holding the Correct. whole way? Well, since we're doing it so different this year, since it's so yeah. odd, is this the year the one through fours are all in the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah. That's the whole. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I, know. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because you can start with you can start with the sixty four or the sixty eight, and by the time you get to the final four, you could have nothing but high seats. It depends on the road that gets taken. Some some teams could get eliminated. I've always looked at in the tournament who's got more effective upperclassmen. I think that means a lot in the tournament. I, it's not always the case. I think that means. I think this year. And I'm going to be serious about this. The teams that wanted to pull the plug on their season because of COVID, who are now in the tournament, I don't know if there's the same desire to stay in that bubble. I, yeah. To me, that's that's also a huge we, key. I think it is. How I, long can you withstand that protocol? Right. And at what point mm-hmm. do guys say, it, it "I'm an underdog matter. the rest of the way. Am I really going to win this thing? Oh, can I go oh, home? Man, yeah. 
Yeah. At what point do guys say, can I go home? It's like the team that does not want to be in the bowl game. I've always yeah. said, you, you figure that out. You can make yeah. a lot of money in sports betting. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there are some teams like that that they're doing it because I, I don't know. But I think it's that's that to your point. I think that's what makes it so tough to fill out a, a bracket. Yeah. It'll be a different year. But uh, we're behind the uh, Aggies in the women's tournament, which starts Monday at 5 o'clock. ESPN2, A&M, and Troy. And then the winner, the Aggies and Troy, the winner goes on to a Wednesday round two matchup against either Michigan State or Iowa State. That's Gary Blair in the Aggie women's basketball program. Talk more about that, obviously, on Friday on our show, as that will draw closer. Oh, yeah. Tip time, A&M and Troy, Monday, 5 o'clock. Will and Andrew back in just a bit to close out this edition of Studio 12 on The Zone. Listen up, Aggies. If you are looking to purchase a home, refinance, or if you want to take a cash-out loan, give Matt Winslow a call. He's Aggie class of 01. He's got over a decade of experience in the mortgage industry. You can call him at 936-443-3064. Again, 936-443-3064. Always love his mantra to his business. He follows the Aggie Code of Honor. All he needs is five minutes of your time. You've got an honest answer waiting. There are plenty of potential customers. Matt Winslow has said, I've run your numbers. I've looked at your monthly payment. I've looked at your interest rate. I looked at what what you owe. You look good. It looks good. You're in in an excellent place. Continue doing what you're doing. You don't, you don't need a, a refinance. You don't need a new mortgage. You keep doing what you're doing. Now, if you want to talk a little Aggie football for a while, I'm not, you know, I'm here. I'm here. We can, we can chat about oh, the Ags yeah. all you want. But it's not like he's going to try to, you know, somehow still get you to go with him if your numbers are good. Heck, even if it reassures you that you're in a good place. Yeah, Matt Winslow with that honest answer, that could be what's waiting for you. But that, that's what's coming to you with Matt Winslow, Aggie Class 01, if you call 936-443-3064. And as we've talked about before, it doesn't have to be just refinancing your home. Do you want to get some cash out of your home? Mm-hmm. Again, those questions. What can I do? Here's my situation. That's the beauty. Matt will listen, and he will do what's going best for you, not what's best for him. And it's the relationships that um, he loves to build. That's why we say you can, you can talk with him. You can, you can talk your house, you can talk the mortgage, you can talk finances. At some point, the maroons, you're going to talk about maroon. <laughs> <laughs> just, exactly. just know that, and, and you're, going to, you're going to end up having a friend and because that's, that's the relationships that, that he builds with, with his folks. No doubt. Matt Winslow, 936-443-3064. The conversation, 12th man, with Matt Winslow could shift to spring, spring ball if you mm-hmm. call him now. Because it's 12 days away. Yes, it is. I mean, like you said earlier, fourth quarter drills going on right now. We'll play the maroon and white game April 24th here at Kyle Field. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff. We know that now. Uh, for all you Aggie fans that like to you know, catch multiple action in one weekend, the maroon and white game is the same weekend. The baseball team hosts Tennessee over there at Bluebell Park. So that, that'll be a lot of fun uh, to have all that going. But, I mean – I just, I just want to go out there and see these guys yeah. again. Just, I said it after last year that the 2020 season was going to be one of the most anticipated all time here. 
because we knew the Aggies just had the talent. Jimbo Fisher had built the talent, built the culture, had everybody where they needed to be. It was his type of team. Uh, we, we, we got it all altered. I mean, we, we didn't play. The 12-game schedule went out the window. Uh, we started late. We played 10. Didn't get one of those in. But shift that because that 2020 team went 9-1, and one, mm-hmm. won the Orange Bowl, ranked fourth in the country in the final poll. That most anticipated season in a long time that I mentioned going into 2020, we'll just shift it. You're right. It's now going into 2021. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. And, and we were so excited about last year because – you had so much, uh, so many upperclassmen coming back, right? The year before, you had talented players. You didn't have that upperclassman. Then they all became upper class. And then we saw the depth, and I think the depth was the key. And, Will, I think we talked depth from here on out because of what has been built and because who has been recruited. And each position where there's always going to be questions, but it's, I, don't think it's, I don't think they're the same questions that we've had in the past. Ah, Who's going to step up? Oh, no. You kind of know now at each position. You've got some rock-solid people. And the guys coming back for a fifth year, I think, are really important to what this team's going to do. And that, that's what I want to see. I want to see that leadership from them in this spring because that's where it's really going to pay off for this team. These young guys are going to have to answer to Michael Clemens, right? And yeah. I mean that in a good way. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you know yeah. how he is. You know I mean? But that's the culture. That's Absolute, what you do. Now. I agree. Uh, you, if you're young, you answer to the older guys. You learn from them, Mm -hmm. and then there's going to be a time you're older, you're the veteran. Absolutely. And it'll reverse. You'll be the leader. They'll answer to you. You'll teach them. It's the way Jimbo's program works. But the opener is September 4th. I did did want to let you know that. Kent State, I believe. It is Kent State. You guys see? I've got it ingrained in you. You're not going to forget that. Nope. You're not going to forget that. Not at all. Uh, Home games, uh, Alabama-Auburn this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina, Mississippi State. I do think the final two road games are going to be tricky. That's at Ole Miss and at LSU. I agree with that. And that's uh, something we'll discuss as spring ball gets going. March 29th, Maroon and White game, April 24th. See you there. Absolutely. All right. For Andrew Monaco, Matt Simon, I'm Will Johnson. So long, everybody. Right here on The Zone.